Once everybody else is done, it was time for them all to think and speak for themselves. And Jesus asked that second question, who do you say that I am? We've been making our way through Matthew's gospel for the most part. And uh, as we follow really from the perspective uh, much of the time of the disciples in Matthew's gospel, uh, they have been on quite a roll, right? The disciples uh, have had front row seats as Jesus has been teaching and preaching to large gathering crowds recently uh, either on the lake shore, in and around the Sea of Galilee, or in the, in the hillsides. Uh, they've seen Jesus feeding thousands of people with just a small amount of bread and fish. They've seen him heal people, not only providing physical healing, but also spiritual uh, and community healing, taking curse off of people and restoring them to their place within the community. And oftentimes, a bending, if not breaking, religious rules and traditions in order uh, that he might reach these suffering people. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, we watched as the disciples were told by Jesus himself to push out onto the sea uh, as the darkness fell and go all the way to the far other side, uh, uh, which is upwards of 13 miles, and out there on those waters in the darkness after an exhausting period of time uh, with these miracles and these feedings uh, and this preaching and this teaching, out there on the seas, this violent storm whips up and they find themselves fighting against the headwinds, trying to keep the boat from capsizing. They are exhausted and they are terrified and we can imagine uh, what that might have felt like. Now, we know that a good number of these people were professional fishermen. They, they, they knew how to handle themselves on the water. But they also knew that there are good times to set sail and times that don't make quite as much sense. And they also, all of them, knew good sailors who had perished out on those waters in the very kind of storm that they found themselves in uh, as, we, as we read just a couple of weeks ago. Now, I always wonder when I'm looking at that particular story in the gospel whether uh, those disciples began to turn their attention to the fact that it was Jesus who sent them out there. Jesus went off uh, into the hills, into the mountains to pray by himself, and he said, you guys, I know cover of darkness isn't ideal for, for sailing out into these waters, but go ahead. I wonder if they started asking themselves, why did we listen? I mean, we're fishermen, we're sailors. He's a carpenter. Why did we do what he told us to do? What, we wouldn't be out here uh, about to perish if we had done what we have trained our whole lives to do. Uh, but there they were out there in the dark of night. And it's good for us to remember that the disciples... You know, the disciples are us. The disciples are the church. The disciples are out there during a time when following Jesus wasn't easy. 
And Matthew's writing this gospel during a time when the young church is being persecuted by the occupying Roman forces. There's a lot of pressure on them. It isn't easy to gather as followers of Jesus during the time Matthew's writing this gospel. Those Christians knew what it felt like for the disciples to be in that boat on the stormy seas when conditions are well outside of their own control. And the storm was not of their own making. And maybe more than a few of us can relate to this story as well. Many of us are feeling like we're caught up in something we can't control and we can't see the end of it. This is true in our own lives as we struggle with decisions about sending our kids back to school or going back to teach ourselves or decisions related to work, family issues. It's also true for the church community as the community struggles with how to face and all of these issues and, and how to proceed. So I wonder if we can hear in these gospel stories in Matthew, I wonder if we can hear the promise. The promise that the storms in our lives will eventually cease to rage around us. The promise that in the midst of the storm, Christ is truly present with us and that Christ will in fact redeem us from the storm. So, all of this provides a kind of swirling context as we get to the passage we read this morning in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus and the disciples are now in Caesarea Philippi, which is about 25 miles north of the lake, 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. And, you know, they didn't take Amtrak to get up there or Uber uh, you know, they are, they are hiking dirty, dusty trails through the hills that surround Lake Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee. They are, they are this is rough hiking. They're, they're out 25 miles north, and I've got to believe they're probably glad to leave the Sea of Galilee behind them for a while. I mean, they had a rough time out there on those waters and even around those waters. So they're up there, and along the way, Maybe they're standing around a campfire on the side of the trail. Jesus pauses and he asks them two really huge questions. And this is a kind of a, it's, it's a turning point. It's an inflection point. It's a pivot point in the Gospels. Jesus asks two real big questions. And the first is, hey, who do people say that I am? Which always strikes me as kind of a fun question. I mean, they were all traveling together, but you can now picture the disciples moving in and amongst the crowds as they handle details and crowd control and seating and make sure everybody's got their mask on and the, you know, the people know where the park and all of that stuff. The disciples are out there among the people and they're hearing things. So Jesus is, you know, he's in a boat pushed offshore so that he can have some distance and talk to the people. And he asks them, who do people say that I am out there? And the disciples start throwing out some names. Some people are saying you're the return of John the Baptist. 
You know, imagine that. You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Some people are saying you might be the return of John the Baptist or the great prophet Elijah. Hmm? Or even the, the, the weeping prophet Jeremiah, one of the great prophets of Israel, Jesus. This is what we're hearing out there. Can you believe it? I mean, this movement you have started is really firing on all cylinders. People are starting to wonder whether you just may well be one of the great prophets of Israel return. And I, I picture Peter standing off over to the side, just listening to his peers, to the other disciples, as they throw out their answers. But Peter isn't saying anything. The last time the camera was focused on Peter, it was when Jesus was pulling him back up out of the seas when he started to sink out there on uh, the Sea of Galilee. Lord, save me, Peter yelled then, and Jesus did. That's, that's what Jesus always does. Well, Peter has seen the miraculous hearings. He's heard the sermons on, on inclusiveness, on justice, and he's twice tasted the bread multiplied by, by thousands and, and, and shared with the crowds. And he's been personally saved by the grasp of the Lord's own hand, pulling him up out of the raging waters as he, as he sank. <laughs> Sight and sound and taste and touch in his own flesh and blood, Peter has learned much about Jesus. So once everybody else is done throwing out their names, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, once everybody else is done, it was time for them all to think and speak for themselves. And Jesus asked that second question, who do you say that I am? And now Peter steps into the center of the circle and declares, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And this statement of faith just sort of hangs out there in the air. And I wonder if this moment was even more profound for Peter than that moment that he actually stepped out of the boat onto the stormy seas and started making his way, walking on the waters toward Jesus. Because that moment on the sea was personal. It was between Peter and Jesus. That salvation was personal. It was between Jesus and Peter. This moment you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This moment is universal. This is between Jesus and everyone. This moment reaches you in your storms and me and mine. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. In a moment, Cameron will be baptized in these waters receiving this baptismal promise, and each of us can remember our own. It is in the waters of baptism, in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. We are told in this baptismal liturgy that we are born into a fallen humanity, a broken creation, and nobody needs to convince us of that right now, with storms and prejudice and pollution and disease and racism pandemics, wildfires, and hurricanes. 
We are born into a fallen humanity, into a broken creation. In these waters of baptism, we are reborn children of God and inheritors of eternal life. Chosen, claimed, forgiven, and sent. Not just because of our answer to that second question, who do we say that Jesus is, but because of his answer in these waters of baptism for anybody who wants to know who you are. You are, if, within the sound of my voice, this is the very reason for this edifice behind me. It is the very reason we fight so hard to keep this ministry vital and, and growing and this outreach to continue for this gospel to reach you. You are a beloved, chosen, forgiven child of God. That on this day is what Jesus has to say about you. Amen. So two big questions, but your place in God's kingdom, your place as a child of God, your place as part of the community rather than outside of the community, it never rests on having a correct answer to some question. When we think about it, the disciples came up with some good replies, pretty good guesses. Uh, John the Baptist, wrong. Elijah, wrong. Jeremiah, wrong. Finally, Peter answers correctly. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus makes clear that answer was a gift. Whenever we're able to speak that, whenever we're able to give that answer, it's a gift from God. And when we are not, and this has to be the point of the gospel. When we are not capable of giving that answer, when we doubt that answer, when we're unsure of that answer, when we get it wrong like the disciples themselves, it is what Jesus has to say about us that matters. Beloved, chosen, forgiven in the waters of baptism, now we are sent. So we don't go in fear. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.